Hey everyone. Welcome back to Bionexus Health Podcast Series, Autism Uprooted. This is a completely free educational channel. Please remember to subscribe. It's super easy. Just click on the big red subscribe button at the bottom right of the screen. This helps us convey our message to a wider audience. And I appreciate it very much indeed. So today's topic is a brief but important one. What are the top seven signs autism recovery is possible for your child? Sadly, even in this day and age, one of the most common visual people have when you mention autism is of a child who is mostly nonverbal, emotionally labile, often preferring to stay in their own world with minimal interaction with anyone and need to be taken care of, sometimes for even the most basic of needs. However, medical science and research has progressed a great deal in the last decade alone, and recovery can certainly be possible for many children. As many of you may know, I speak from personal experience as an autism mom myself, as well as vast clinical experience with patients with autism in over 73 countries around the world. Welcome to the BioNexus Health Podcast with Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw, who holds a PhD in integrative medicine, is board certified in integrative pediatrics, an internationally recognized pioneering clinician and author. And now here's your host of BioNexus Health Podcast, Dr. Jodi A. Dashaw. The top seven signs. So sign number one, frequency of illness and physical manifestation of illness. Your child is sick often. It could be, you know, it could be ear infections, could be throat infections, eczema. Some parents even report cyclical fevers every few weeks. Then on the other hand, the complete opposite, there are parents that simply can't remember the last time the child was sick or had a good fever. Some children have physical problems along with the ASD diagnosis. diagnosis sorry. So like headaches, seizures, bone pain, growing pains, other orthopedic problems like juvenile arthritis. Some children also have juvenile diabetes, Chiari malformation. Sometimes the child begins limping each time he or she gets a fever. In fact, I remember uh, the case of little Yusef right here in uh, New Jersey. Uh, mom mentioned that, first of all, Yusef used to get cyclical fevers. And mom mentioned that each time Yusef got a fever, which would be like, you know, every four to six weeks, there would be a pretty heavy duty fever. Uh, Yusuf would be mostly non-functional at that time. And his legs seemed to just give out. He, you know, ever since he was two and a half years old, he was diagnosed, he was diagnosed with the autism spectrum disorder. And after that, he started getting cyclical fevers. I mean, like I said, ever since he was two and a half years, actually what I meant to say was he used to get cyclical fevers, 
And soon after that, he received a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. Now, during these episodes, Yusuf had minimal use of his legs. His legs felt very weak. And he would kind of, you know, move around right on his butt, on his behind. He would go even go up and down the stairs on his behind. So that was um, a very curious and unique observation that mom made. A pediatrician, of course, did not really have any answers. All right, so that was um, the first sign. Now let's go on to sign number two. Sign number two is failure to thrive. So your child has difficulty growing, difficulty gaining weight, is thin and small. It can usually be to, due to the fact that the child has several gut issues that are complicated, like uh, regular complaints of stomach pain, constipation, diarrhea, often alternating constipation and diarrhea, can have hands and diapers, smearing off stool. The child may even go through medical procedures like colonoscopy, endoscopy, while the, the parents are trying to get some answers. And the child is put on conventional pharmaceutical medicines, even biologicals like Humira, but nothing seems to really help. Sign number three, your child has food allergies that are pretty complicated, as in, you know, not just a picky eater with a few allergies to tree nuts or gluten or dairy, but also way too many sensitivities to many different kinds of foods may develop rashes, hives, eczema associated with eating things that they are sensitive to. Oftentimes, accidentally consuming the wrong food can lead to self-injurious behaviors like headbanging, self-biting, and sometimes even seizures. I hope you guys are uh, noting these down carefully. So let's move on to sign number four. You find that your child is able to learn well, can have a good grasp of things during an ABA, sensory integration, or other therapy sessions. You often hear that the therapist remark that your child is bright, has a good grasping power, is able to learn well during the therapy session. However, that doesn't seem to translate into retention and generalization at home or in any other social situation. The gains reported during therapy sessions can be very hard to retain. And often the therapist has to start at the beginning, each time the child goes back to therapy or, you know, has to reintroduce the previous lesson that was learned before she can move on to the next session. All right, now let's go to sign number five. Sign number five is this, that your child knows and understands a few words, but when he or she tries to speak, it is mostly unclear, hard to understand, and as far as behavioral issues go in this child, the behavioral issues are either non-existent, there are none, or mild. And this child has a sensitive, emotional nature 
whose feelings are hurt very easily. Sign number six, illogical anger or aggression episodes where there is seemingly nothing that has really happened for the child to completely fly off the handle and lose control in this manner. Or something minor has occurred that has been rectified right away to the child's preference, but the tantrum is hard to control and seemingly unstoppable, continues long after it really should. Sign number seven, your child isn't completely in their own world, not completely in their own world. He or she seems to want to make friends and socialize with others, but for some reason is unable to communicate those feelings and desires. I've often heard mothers say, Kelly wants to make friends. She's always trying to get near other kids at the playground, but is just unable to initiate any contact. Another observation that is very important is that your child may sometimes be willing to have social interaction with an older child or adults, but will shy away or avoid kids their own age. So those were your seven most important signs. A bonus point here would be, of course, my favorite, mother's intuition. I'm a huge believer in mother's intuition. If you have observed your child closely and seen any of the signs that I have mentioned above, I would encourage you to research further and to not give up hope. In many children, autism is medically treatable. There are signs that there might be underlying medical, environmental, and vector-borne reasons leading to inflammation in the brain, often multi-organ pathology and immune dysregulation that can result in symptoms that are behavioral, emotional, neuropsychiatric, and even physical at times. In cases like these, recovery from symptoms is very much possible when treated, often to a very high degree. I shall stop at this today. Let it sink in. And in the next episode, I shall elaborate a bit more. All right, so. That's the episode for today. Thank you for joining me. I shall see you right back here on the Bionexus channel, Autism Uprooted, on the next episode. Until then, take care and be well. Namaste. Thank you for joining Master Herbalist Dr. Jody A. Dashaw, Director of the Bionexus Health Clinic and Bionexus Herbals, on the Bionexus Health Podcast where we explore and share information and stories about recovering and healing from chronic and environmental illnesses such as mold biotoxin illness, Lyme disease, autism spectrum disorder, fatigue, Crohn's and colitis, mast cell activation syndrome, PANS, and more. Please help us grow our message by subscribing to our podcast channel and sharing the podcast on your social networks. For more information visit bionexushealth.com.
information within this video, audio, or text, collectively known as the podcast, has not been reviewed by the FDA. Nothing within the podcast is intended as or should be construed as medical advice. Information is for general informational and educational purposes only. Consumers of the podcast should consult with their healthcare practitioners for medical recommendations. Seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider. Do not disregard the advice of a healthcare provider based on any information from the podcast. The information within the podcast may contain information concerning dietary supplements or over-the-counter products that are not drugs. Our dietary supplement products are not intended for use as a means to cure, treat, prevent, diagnose, or mitigate any disease or other medical or abnormal condition.